Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. And this is the Holderness Family Podcast, a place where we talk about subjects, but also you just get to hear what's been going on in our <laughs> lives. And whether you want to or not, you're going to receive it because we do this, we you're record this, where you're going to receive our lives. We're doing this on a Friday. And I, I love it when we don't have a traditional week. Yes. We have not had a traditional week. Uh, right? Yeah. Um, we had the opportunity to go see Sweeney Todd on Broadway. It sounds so fancy when we say that. I have to say, I'm not into, if you guys know the premise of this story, it's a little dark. It's a little dark. Particularly it's, if you watch the, um, the version by, I want to say, what's, who's the director? Johnny Depp, Tom, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah, the Tim Burton movie. version. Su- that's super dark. But man, we have made good friends with Alex Lacrimore. He's the musical director. And we went to go see it, and it was funny. And if murder can be funny, it was 10 out of 10 recommend if you're in, in New York City at any point in time, yeah. you should go see that. But do you want to give a, like a quick review? Because there's not a lot of reviews out there. You could give Kim's review of Sweeney Todd. Oh, I don't, I'm not qualified. I thought everybody did great. Musically, <laughs> 10 out of 10. Yeah. Josh Groban, are you kidding me? Right. The his co-star who played Mrs. Lovett, who's Annalie Ashford. She was the best. She, I wanted, I, I, I'm her new biggest fan. So um, that is my official review. I'm her new biggest fan. You should go, if you're in New York City this summer and you're yeah. taking a trip, go get tickets. I fully agree. I thought that Annalie was spectacular. The guy who plays Dustin in Stranger Things. Yes. Is it Gaten? Yes. That kid's, he's going to be in contention for an Emmy. Tony is what they give for people on Broadway. Well, I think they should give him an Emmy too, in case it becomes a TV show. Because of Stranger Things. I was talking about Stranger Things, obviously. I think he should get an Oscar. And I think he should win a Streamy. And then, just give him everything. (laughs) He was great. Uh, Okay, so our week was not traditional. We fly back home and... Our little guy got braces. Pinchel's got braces. That's a big moment. It's a big right? moment. He had to get four teeth pulled too. So so that's uh, that makes a big moment bigger and so, more terrible. And I will say that, you know, going through these moments with our kids, you know, he's 13 now. He's our youngest. You know, they're rites of passage, right? The, and I, 
am happy as a mom, you know, because I remember these moments. We're really on the record now. But let me tell you, I don't know that I need to do race, you know, do these again. I love my children. I'm obsessed with my children, but I'm so happy we have two. I will cry. You're going to hear on this podcast me openly weep when we drop them off at college. But if you are a reader of our blog, you will know that we um, had a little scare here in the Holderness house. That was this week also, wasn't it? Yes. Holy moly, what a week we've had. So let's define the scare. You guys, I am, I am, I am a woman of a certain age, so these things are to be expected. But I'm going to go TMI. If you've read the blog post, you know. But TMI, my cycle is still very regular. So when we talk about perimenopause on this podcast, it's more of just the, you know, the moodiness and hormonal, you know, the body changes. But my cycle is still very regular. We did take an international trip. So there was a time change, whatever. My cycle was off and I could explain it away. I'm like, oh, time change, hormones changing. It's fine. But it was more than just a little late. It was two weeks late. And I was freaking out. I thought, oh my gosh, could I be pregnant? Hang on. So I don't know how much of this you shared with me, like the freaking out part. You were pretty chill about it and you were like, ah, travel. We're in Europe. Because I didn't want to get everybody in this house crazy. No, I understand. But I didn't, I mean, you can always share these things with me because you freak out about things all the time. And so do I. Um, So I didn't realize you were freaked out. Because you know what it is? Because when you're PMSing, many of the symptoms mirror what you feel in those first days of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. You know, just the soreness and just the... And you were getting those? I was getting those. Okay. And listen, I would have had some explaining to do because you've had a vasectomy, but vasectomies can fail in extremely rare cases. It's about 1%. But when I published this on Facebook... So many people left comments about, about failed vasectomies. Failed vasectomies. Yeah. And then j- just, you know, I was glad to read those because I was also having a Joseph moment. <laughs> does, that ever, does everyone know what a Joseph, you don't have to be a super Christian to know what a Joseph moment is, but I still think that guy is just, just the most trusting person ever. So, when she was like, I'm pregnant from I, God. <laughs> and he's like, Cool. All right. I'm 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 all in. Let's go with it. Joseph. What a good what a guy. What a good guy that guy is. What a good guy. So I had a bit of a Joseph moment where I was like, "Mm." Yes. I was completely aware that there are better chances of winning the lottery than getting pregnant, but we won the amazing race. So I mean we've done weird random things. We sure have. We sure have. So I I was getting for that last week. I was getting flashes of, oh my God, what if we have to do this all over again? And I did come up and tell you, hey, I think I'm going to go on Instacart and get a pregnancy test because mm-hmm. this this ain't right. And do you remember what I said? What'd you say? I don't know why. It's like the male thing when you're supposed to go get tampons. I was like, just order a bunch of other stuff to go yeah. with it. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> so maybe, I thought maybe we'd throw the Instacarter off because I got like right. avocados and tomatoes <laughs> and paper towels. Oh, and a pregnancy test. Like as if this shopper yeah. would care. Right. And it's the same reason where guys, if they ask you to go get tampons, they'll buy 15 other things they don't need. Why though? I don't know. Honestly, not now I don't care. But when I was in my like 30s. You thought that people would judge you? I don't know why. 
It's a good question, but I'm I'm guaranteeing you I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, I mean, I've been doing it for years, so sure. I don't care. What no, it's saying. weird. It would be like if I asked you to go buy a box of condoms, you just go buy a box of condoms. Yeah, yeah, and that would also be weird if you felt you needed condoms. Let's move on. <laughs> anyway, so we it started a conversation in our house, and then because it's our house, we took it more public. Public. I instantly started thinking of ways. If for some reason I was with child, how I would parent differently. And you were nesting. You were emotionally nesting. No, no I mean, it's, I, yeah. No, here's what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying you were nesting. I'm saying you were, you were preparing yourself a little bit. Um, no, I think I was, I just got really contemplative mm-hmm. about, listen, I don't, I try not to live with regret. And there are things I wish I could have done or I would have done differently with my kids. But we have great kids. So I can't really second guess because so far they're doing great. But it's, I think I have learned, I have just been way too on edge. I've been way too concerned with the small stuff. Instantly, I thought for, you know, about a week there, I was in a panic mode. I thought, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to move to a little like, hut in the beach we're gonna raise this kid just to go we're gonna send this kid to some sort of homeschool co-op whatever we're never gonna sign this kid up for sports especially sports that go on a weekend and we're just gonna chill out because that is not how this round of parenting has gone we've been me i've been the opposite of jill and i just don't know what that says about you know i'm about our parenting journey so far. Well, first of all, you're your worst critic when it comes to this. And mm-hmm. I think that you have had some times to chill. You definitely have wanted what's the, what's best for your for your child. And the the jury's not out yet. Like we've raised really good kids. So whatever you're doing, I, I think if you'd done less of it, it would have been a different outcome. If you'd done more of it, it would have been a different outcome. You just never know. There's, there's so many little butterfly effect moments when you're a parent that, um, that you might think are things that are going to help your development or, or the development of your child that might not. Mm-hmm. And you don't really ever figure it out <laughs> until you're like sitting at your parents' funeral mm-hmm. and, and you think, well, that one thing that they did, that turned me into this. Mm-hmm. And that other thing that they did, I th- you know, at the time I remember that was awful, but it turned me into this. And that one thing they did, I thought it was great. And, and, and it led me to this deficiency, right? So uh, I'm lucky enough. I have both my parents, but you have had the terrible task of burying your father. So tell me when you were sitting at your dad's funeral, what were those sort of realizations you had? I mean, they're not all good. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, some of them are bad, but uh, like, is there any you want to share? And I pro- sure. Yeah. I probably had some of them before, the funeral, but his just his diet, not, it's not diabolical, his ardent commitment to honesty. Okay. uh, Over much of his life and the punishments that I was given and the severity of which were, were completely tied to honesty. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but it, it made me curious as to why I could do something that was pretty bad and be honest about it and be punished less than if I told a little white lie and didn't do anything wrong at all. And you disagree with that? I didn't understand it. Oh, okay. Um, I, 
I, I didn't understand why like my my actions were less important than the way that I was the, the the way that I presented them and how and how honest that I was about them. And I mean, I wasn't always honest to my to my parents. No I, don't, I don't think anybody's ever always honest to their parents. Yeah. But I think it's in the end, he just kept hammering it home to the point that like when I left and was at college, I was like brutally honest for the most part. I think that's a gift. It is. No, that was a good one. Okay. That was a really good one. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I misunderstood you. No, that was, uh, that was one where I, I thought at the time I, I questioned it. And then okay. in, in the end, it, was, it help, has helped me become the person that I am. Are there things that are not so positive? Yeah. Yeah. I think the way that he talked to my mom, and I think this is probably the case for a lot of people. I thought it was at the time I thought it was funny and I thought that was the way you're supposed to talk to. I mean, she, he wasn't super abusive, but he was a little passive aggressive and he told a lot of jokes and he said stuff like, yes, dear. But he said, yes, dear in a passive aggressive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think it took me some time to break that. I don't think I was always like him and I think I was always respectful with women, mm-hmm. but the, just the way that I spoke, um, I'm sure I'm not the only person who dealt with this because men used to speak to women differently. They have a, they had a more traditional marriage. They yeah. loved each other deeply, mm-hmm. um, and he was a very devoted husband. Yep. But yeah, I could see that he was a little more. It was a more, I think, traditional is what how it classifies. Mm-hmm. You never, maybe you got that out of your system before me. Um, probably, probably. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's credit to the relationships that I had before you. Thank right. you ladies Yeah, for being strong and not putting up with that crap. Yeah. I, I think I, I think my mom had just as much an influence as, as, as he did about just respecting women mm-hmm. and understanding that it was just, it was honestly, it was just the way words were said. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It went, I don't know if it was my marriage counseling or personal therapy I did but children absorb so much of their parents relationship and typically Mm -hmm. the oldest child absorbs more is statistically what was I I don't know if that's actually true but it seems true you and I are both the youngest in our um sibling dynamics Uh and and that the older one absorbs more of it the that that's what was told to me is that be, I mean they're around longer yeah. and they're they're the first pancake right? Yeah, Dale was Dale. I think has been so incredibly honest his whole life as well. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a good one. And we'll be right back. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, 
but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So back to the question, mm-hmm. what is a way, knowing what you know now, knowing what you know from your dad mm-hmm. and mom, and knowing our 16 years of being parents, how would you do it differently if I'm not pregnant, but if I was <laughs> pregnant and we were going to have another one? I love um, this question. What would you do differently? You want you want me to tell you mine? Yeah. My biggest one is, and I never really knew how to frame this because I didn't know why. I knew the what, but I didn't know the why until we had a, a podcast about gratitude about two months ago. Mm-hmm. I would have spent more time with my children building things, understanding how to build things, seeing where they come from and putting them in a situation where they had to change the oil in a car or build a treehouse with me or, or do something on that side because that is where gratitude comes from is understanding how things are made and how difficult mm-hmm. it is, but also how rewarding it is. And my dad was that with me. Like he had a workshop downstairs and I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of time around us, but he would bring me down when he was working on like woodwork or make, you know, if he, he would make a lot of the toys Mm-hmm. that we got for Christmas because he didn't have money to do anything else, but he had wood and, and he, he had a, a bandsaw and a jigsaw that he got from somebody at some point. I, I'm certain that he didn't pay for it. And I, I don't think I've done enough of that. And I think it's almost too late to <laughs> get started with that, but maybe with cars, we could try some, st- some of that. Here's the thing, honey. I love you so much. No, I know. I, I know what you're going to say. You Go are, ahead. Yeah. No, you have so many gifts. Mm-hmm. I mean, just genius, creative, so funny. Laugh a minute. You don't really build stuff. I know. Or fix things. No, I don't. No, I I do some things. I can put together IKEA furniture. Oh, IKEA furniture, no one is better. I can fix Um, when a light needs to get unscrewed. Just like little things. I look. I know. I know what my limits are. I know I'm not your family. You came from a very gifted family when it came to those things. In fact, when your brother stayed with me for a few months, I refloored my house. Yeah. And then I sold it for more money. Yeah. So I like that. But but I'm capable of it. I guess what I'm saying is I just don't know. um, I think I don't want to lament that. I want to say if if we did have another kid, I think I would try to turn something in my house into a workspace or an area where I tinkered with stuff and I know I suck at it. I'm not going to like sell this stuff, mm-hmm. but just had that access for a son or a daughter um, to, to have that gratitude for, for where things come from. That's my, it. yeah, that's my one. P.S. Don't think it's too late. You don't think so? No. Well, shoot. That means I got to get, I was going to say, um, so what, what <laughs> I'm like, Oh darn, it's too late. Um, I guess you're right. Especially with cars. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, as we, I mean, and, and honestly, how fun would it be to learn together? I don't have an interest in that. So that could be your thing. Mm-hmm. And I love that journey for you guys. Because our kids should know as they learn to drive some basic car maintenance and things like that. So yeah. That's a great idea. And listen, it's not too late for me to chill out. I have, over the past couple of weeks, have been more aware of, Hey, you know what? We don't need, if we get to practice late or we, or we just don't go, it's fine. You know, it, you know, it's, if we don't get to that, that one practice is not going to be the end of the world. Or, um, if a a grade is not as ideal as it needed to be. Okay. It's fine. Like that's, I think early in my parenting journey, I would have super duper stressed about all the little stuff, but between the pandemic and just some perspective, I now that I, I know that it just doesn't matter as much. And I think I was so focused on all the things I should be doing that I let it, I think I missed a lot of fun. I think I missed, I didn't have as much fun parenting. Yeah. And it's, again, I don't think it's too late. So right when you just said fun. Yeah. Can you think about and be specific about certain times when you, when you, felt like that happened. I want to start by saying that vacation, Kim, is like, it is, you're talking about the things that you wish. When you're on vacation, you're like crazy fun mom. And sometimes I get a little offended when you say that. Tell me why. Because. You've said that before. Uh, I don't know if I've ever said it. You absolutely have. When We talked about it in Hawaii. I think I said I like being on vacation. The, the reason I get a little offended when you say that is because it makes me feel as if I'm not fun when I'm at home. I know I just said I'm not fun, but it's it's a different thing when somebody else says it about you. Okay. I also know that the reason I'm able to relax and have more fun on vacation is I'm not cooking. I'm not worried about the shopping. I'm not worried about homework. I'm not worried about getting a kid from point A to B. So all those little details of normal air traffic controller life that you do a good job of sharing with me. You you do a ton of stuff too. So I'm not saying it only falls on me, but with when I am weighed down by those, it is hard for me to get to fun Kim and find those opportunities when I'm racing across town to pick them up and take them somewhere. So I know I have the potential to be fun, but you would literally have, life would have to change. We'd have to have a private chef. We'd have to... Uh, have a tutor, a live-in tutor to do, uh, you know, answer homework questions. Not that I'm doing homework, by the way. Uh, you'd have to take away all of those things that make life real life for me to get there. So that's why. Okay. I hear you. And uh, I, I can definitely reframe that terminology. I actually always mean it as a compliment I know. when I'm saying it. I know. And I do remember at one point in Hawaii, you said something like, va- like I love vacation, Kim, because you were we were going on this, tr- on this uh, road to Hana and you were like breaking rules. I know. There were like signs that said, don't go here. And I, th- that is not something that you normally do. So it did feel like a different uh, perspective that you had, but I don't mean, I, I certainly don't mean it to say that you're not fun. Otherwise, I think that you're more fun than you realize that you are. I think I'm funny. I don't think I'm fun. I think there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. I think, I no, I think that you're fun. I am trying. I think we we also have posted something about how the pandemic has 
changed us. And I think one of the things that has really changed in my life is that I am actively searching for ways to have more fun. I am, I, if a girlfriend wants to go out on a school night, uh, I, I say yes, mm-hmm. if, if I'm able to, I say yes. Whereas before I'd be like, oh, let's try a Friday or Saturday. I'm, I'm looking for ways to break up the week more. I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone and honestly trying to have more fun because the pandemic, you know, parenting, losing parents has taught me life is flipping short. So... Well, I also want to say, I think there may be times that you're having fun with your kids and you don't even realize it. Um, I think we, we'll, we'll talk about that with Taylor a little bit later. But last night, you were trying out dresses for your oh, yeah. daughter. And I know that you weren't, I don't know that you were having fun. Mm-mm. She was having a blast. Like she and I were both having fun with that. And mm-hmm. she was, I mean, she, she like the fact that she was asked to be the judge of what dress you're going to wear this weekend for that particular age, and I want you to know this as an example because this is something I can't do. Mm-hmm. And I know you think of things all the time like, well, I can't do that. It's dad. Dad does the basketball. I couldn't do that last night. Mm-hmm. I, I was there to try to be comic relief and Lola was like, dad, just shut up. Let me do this with mom. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to know that there are a lot of moments that you don't even realize that you're having fun with your kids. I, I agree. And I think that it's, sometimes I've asked you to step in, you know, if it's, you know, a test score or homework that didn't get done or something like that. I, I actively look for you to say, can you do this one? Because I feel as if I'm always the heavy. Now, our kids are, are not to the stage where they need a lot of discipline. And when they do, they take it well. So it's not that, but it's, I feel like I'm the bedtime mom. I'm the, where are the seatbelt mom? I'm the, are we going to get there on time mom? And it, but it's a role I come to. It's not because you're not doing it. It is just, it's, I don't know if it's my anxiety, if it's just the way I need, I'm a, I'm a wee bit of a perfectionist. I think it's just how my brain is wired that I have taken that on. And that is not a fun role. Yeah. I mean, this sounds like a secret contract we need to revisit. Um, yeah, I, I, I think so, but it would be hard for me to break out of that cycle of being, um, I think I find comfort in control. I like to be in control of things. And I like to know, I mean, if we can get like real personal, like your mom is not doing well. And I'm like, but when? Like, when is it going to happen? And you're handling it a lot better than I am, I think, because I'm going to know when. Like how, like what's going on? What are the numbers? And I don't do well with not knowing how things are going to end. And life is about not knowing how things are going to end. None of us do. So the moments that I can control, homework being done, a healthy dinner on the table, you know, getting somewhere on time, Uh, signing up for this course, this volunteer activity, this, 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 I can control that. And I know that if we do this, that, you know, the outcome will be positive. That is where I, that sort of anxiety and control manifests itself. That was quite a realization. I think that maybe you've always known, but, but that you were able to vocalize. Right. And I am okay with you liking control. I have, your partner has the ability to control things as well. I think 
do you feel like it's hard to trust that person? And that's one of the reasons you don't want to give up control? Here's an idea. On vacations, I tune out. I don't buy plane tickets because when I do, I'm not good with details. I know it's not like you're talking about control. This is where it boggles people's minds that I don't do paperwork well or details well. Mm -hmm. So I've purchased plane tickets to wrong cities before. So after that (laughs) happened, I no longer purchased plane tickets. And I have to say, we went on that big vacation. I didn't plan any of it. We had a Shannon Minor, by the way. I think it's a great adventures travel. Anyway, you should use a travel agent because they're free. Especially if you're leaving the country. Yeah. So if you guys need her info, hit me up. But between you and you and Shannon worked together and planned the whole trip. So because I, it was a fun trip. And so I had no expectations because I didn't even, people all were asking me, where are you staying? And I could tell them the town, but not the hotel. And they're where are you like where are you going to go eat? I'm like I don't know. And because I knew somebody else was in control of it, I could surrender that. And also the stakes were low. So I mean, if we ate ham sandwiches every day, we'd be fine. So the stakes were really low. So I wonder if having like releasing some of that control would help me relax more in daily life. You're saying. Get in that mindset. Yeah. And again, I don't want to call you vacation Kim, but getting in, <laughs> getting in that mindset in everyday life. Yeah. I think that's a great experiment. And I think you've got a guy that you can trust, maybe more than you think, to execute some of those things. Yeah. I, I, I know I can trust. I mean, and you all, and again, I don't want to paint you as this doofus dad who doesn't do anything. I think that- I have my doofus days. We all do, but you really do a lot of stuff. So I just don't, I feel like as a partner, I have to do my share. And I think I just tend to stress about my share of it. <laughs> how did, how did this talk even come up that we went around, you and I were talking about if one of us passed away, I don't know, maybe we're talking about your parents, that if one of us passed away, like what we would miss And it was, it sounds morbid, but, and I, and just what our kids would miss and what our kids would need. And I think, you know, the kids were saying, oh gosh, you know, dinners wouldn't be as fun if, you know, daddy wasn't (laughs) here. It would taste like crap. Well, no, if dad wasn't here. Oh, wasn't here. Oh, wow, that's nice. you keep things so funny and you're so fun and, you know, the sports stuff, obviously. And they were just listing on and on and on about how life without you would just be it would be in black and white it would be vanilla it would just be it would be really boring and terrible and then again it it, it was an appropriate conversation by the way and I forget how it came up they looked at me and they're like yeah and without you mom I mean we wouldn't get anywhere on time (laughs) and that's literally all they had to say (laughs) okay I'm I'm laughing I'm not laughing at you no it was really funny I'm laughing no it was very funny don't you think they, if they told you what they really thought, they would be crying for the rest of the night, which is, I'm just going to speak for them. They would say, I wouldn't have a mother who is the reason, not for everywhere I go, but for everything that I am. No, I, I know, but here's the thing. I am very confident in my, my children's love. And yeah. I know they know. It's just hard to talk about at dinner. I remember this. We talked about this at dinner. Yeah. Like, I, I think it was easier for them to list the things for me because they're not as deep. But, and that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But it was really funny. And I, 
I think that's why when we were talking about what we would do differently, I would try to release the control. I mm-hmm. would try to, it would be so hard, but I would try to remove these expectations of what should be happening with the milestone. I would, I was very stressed about milestones and you know, why, you know, this one didn't walk until later, <laughs> talk until later. And the funniest one was Penn Charles. Well, he needed ear tubes. It was three right. and he wasn't talking. I know you're like, is, is he, could no, it ever talk? It, I'm sorry. It was. It, it wasn't funny at the time. It wasn't. We, he qualified for like county services. Yeah. So they came over and and it's just because now he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop talking. Yeah, he I tell this story when when people their kids have speech delays. I was like, my kid was in speech therapy, and then we got ear tube surgery, and then he literally came out of the surgery and was like, "Hello, mother," and he just talked. He just couldn't hear us. Is the problem. Right, nor did and, he care to. He yeah. just because he had so much to say. Yeah, he had and a lot to say. He literally has not stopped talking yeah. since that surgery. Okay, that I, I'm glad we talked about that a little bit. I think we discovered some things about each other there. Right, I feel like Aww. that's what these podcasts are for, and Marriage. we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about you, including we're gonna learn a little bit more about Taylor and Heidi Kalmus. They are our buddies in Fort Collins, Colorado. Taylor and Heidi are part of the Dude Dad platform on Facebook, YouTube, everywhere. They've done a lot of videos. We've done some with them. They've written a lot of books. They've written a children's book that is a little bit parallel to the topic we're having now. So we're going to ask them what they're going to do because they're having another baby differently. A fourth child. A fourth child. They're talking. They're so funny. So stay tuned for that. But first, we asked readers and folks on Instagram to give their input. If you had to do it all over again, what would you do? And we had so many great comments. So I want to read some of those. Um, and we even had a voicemail, a couple of voicemails. So let's play this one from Stephanie. Hi, my name is Stephanie. I'm from Washington State. And I just read your post about uh, what you would do differently parenting. And the one thing I would do is I would spend more time just hanging out and making memories. I've spent my daughter's 13 and I've spent so much time working and trying to be there for other people, being a good friend, being a good worker, being a good daughter, being a good cousin. And I know I'm a good mom, but I missed the fun of it. Mm. And she's 13 and now I'm desperately trying to make up for the fun. <laughs> so anyways, that's what I would do differently. Bye. Uh, Stephanie. I could hear in her voice and it's like making me cry. You've got a kindred spirit out there, right? Yeah. But like parenting can't be (laughs) Disney world every single day. I mean, we have to teach these people how to be good humans and how to work and how to follow through and all those things that the world expects of us. And it means you know, missing out on some fun sometimes, but there's a balance. And I think Stephanie, Stephanie and I need to go out for a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that we all have those realizations a little more intense, intensively when our child goes into adulthood? Because 13 is kind of that, that's that transition time for girls. And I, and yeah, I, and and I heard that in her voice. Boys, sometimes it's a little bit later. I think what it is, is we can all remember being 13. Yeah. And I think you're pretty much cooked by the time you're 13. And there's still things we can teach them. But I think that 
it's it's not too late. That's yeah. not what I mean. But I think because we remember being 13, and I certainly remember being 16, I just feel like I'm on the record all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. I, I want to tell Stephanie this. I've had so much fun with my daughter the last three years. Yeah. When she turned 13, I was, I think a lot of men are like, well, that's it. My job's done. Here come the boyfriends. I'm just going to be on the porch with a shotgun. Um, I've had a ton of fun mm-hmm. with my daughter over the last three years, watching her develop into the into the young woman that she is, but also just like when they get th- to be 13, they have this self-awareness that is the, the, the source of so much new comedy yeah. and laughter. Mm-hmm. And I would just say to Stephanie, like you're in the right mindset. And I kind of felt like you did when I was 13 when she was 13, excuse me. And I'm so thrilled with what the last three years entailed. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I, I want to hear from her in three years and yeah. see if she accomplished her mission. And I bet she does. And honestly, I do think kids, it's like almost they, they regenerate and they become new every year. They become a newer, mm-hmm. better, hopefully version of themselves. And there are so many opportunities to do it right. Can I say one more thing to Stephanie? Yeah. Stephanie, my dad, told me when I was 30 years old that he finally felt like he was truly close to me because we started, we started these fishing trips when I was in like my late early twenties where it was just me, him, my brother and a bunch of his brothers and then a bunch of their kids, your dad's brothers. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of my dad's brothers or brothers-in-law, these fishing trips. And, um, this was in my, this was my twenties after college. And that's when I truly became close to my dad was when we went on these fishing trips because he was gone like a, a lot. And it's not his fault. He's a preacher. Mm-hmm. He was a preacher at a small, medium sized church in Durham that there, he did have help, but it wasn't the kind of help that like mega churches have. Mm-hmm. Couldn't work a nine to five, 40 hour week. He worked an 80 to a hundred hour week. Yeah. And so it's, I'm just saying it's never too late. Like the, the deepest emotional connections I had with my father were toward the toward the end of my singlehood. And before I was able to, to start a family of my own. I love it. Yeah. I'm glad you had that time with him. Yeah. Okay. Linda, this is a different perspective. This is from a grandmother. Ready? Mm -hmm. Linda said, we are loving grandparenthood. We have 11 grandchildren. Often I've thought that I wish I had been more fun (laughs) with my kids. (laughs) I wish I had danced and been silly more often. I feel like I took parenthood so seriously. I felt the heavy weight of raising great people. There's a thread. Yeah. And also, my my mother would probably say the same thing. And I, by the way, my kids are teenagers, so I don't want grandkids anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Anytime soon. But I am excited to be a grandparent for this reason. Because I think that there are very, you could just be the, you can, you can drop in to be fun. And it's somebody else's problem to make sure they're good people. Yep. Okay, this message is from Bernie. I wish I could go back in time with the knowledge that I have now and parent slash mother her all over again as I wouldn't have worked any and all of the overtime that came my way as it would give me the time back to be more present with her throughout her childhood. And I would have... I wouldn't have her overscheduled with her sports activities that, in the end, were highly stre- stressful for us both. Oh, I wonder if she did tennis. Yeah, an example <laughs> no, okay. of that is when she was 13, she was involved in three separate sports teams. Wow. Rec, fast pitch, softball, travel soccer, and travel volleyball. Not one of my finest parenting moments. So, yeah, I wish I could parent all over again just with the same child. 
Oh God, these are making me cry. So I feel that too, because I feel we work so hard, you and I, because we love what we do. And mm-hmm. there should be, so I, I kind of want to take Bernie, I'm going to take some of that guilt away from Bernie, because I would say, Deborah Norville, who is the host of Inside Edition, when I was about to have Lola, that's where I was working. And she looked at me and she said, working moms are so cool. And especially for a daughter to see how awesome it is to see a working mom. Like, mm-hmm. it's such a cool thing. And so, yes, overtime and all of that, it, it sucks and it's terrible. But it probably provided your family with a more comfortable financial situation. But I get what you're saying. Because Lola wasn't super duper competitive tennis for a long time. Mm-hmm. Her choice, but we really encouraged it because she loved it. And then we loved it. And like, I I wish I could go back in time and say, you actually don't need to do this every week. I think she, but that. Ah. It's one of those butterfly effect things, right? Because I, she has learned so much about herself. Yep. You and I, you just had that realization real time. I know, but, but. If you ask Lola, I think she would say, I wish I'd gone to the beach with my friends instead of going to all these tournaments. Mm-hmm. There's I, still time for that. There's still time. And she's making up for it now. She's much more chill about it. She's like, ah, super stressful. Yeah. And then she came to that. But I would say, if I can give Bernie a pep talk, what our kid has learned from doing that really competitive sports, I mean, if you if you get a glimpse of Lola, the confidence that comes off of her I'm jealous of it. Don't you think a lot of that came from those struggles and that discipline and that that work? Yeah, right? 100%. Knowing that, you know, coming back, being down in a tennis match, five, nothing in a set, and coming back to win at seven, five. The amount, what it takes to come back when you're alone out there getting your ass kicked, that's not going to get you a college scholarship. Right. But- what it taught her in every other area of her life, she's an excellent student and because she knows how hard it is. Mm-hmm. And so if we had taken away that struggle, I don't know if she's the person she is. So I want I want to be softer on myself and I want Bernie to be softer yeah. on herself. Absolutely. Okay, we have a bunch more of these. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna move down to Jessica because Jessica has nine kids. Oh my gosh. Jessica says, Oh my god. We have nine kids. Exclamation point, exclamation point. That's the kind of energy you have to have. You have to have two exclamation point energy wow. when you have nine kids. I'm forty eight and my husband is fifty. So right around my age. Uh, we had our last baby when I was forty four, Kim. So yeah. We understand this question. We still have six kids at home. We're more involved in activities now than ever before. We have a plan to stay in Wisconsin for a few more years than do something for ourselves, like leave the freaking cold. <laughs> Let our younger kids experience something different. And you know what? They'll be okay. I believe there comes an age and time in life when we as parents realize that we're people too with hopes and dreams. Wow. Did you see that coming at the beginning of that? No. Okay. So I will say we have a, a good we have good friends Chris and Michelle who we've referenced on this podcast. We even called Michelle about your very flaccid, flaccid Heimlich Heimlich maneuver yep. we, you had to perform on her. I think we called her about me pushing her in front of a snake she's, as well. She's a regular. Yeah. Uh, so she her kids they're they're a their kids are in college and now about to graduate high school. So they're a little ahead of us. And I I love we go on these long walks and I love the perspective she gives. 
because I started tearing up thinking about Lola leaving for college and she, I know, I know she'll struggle with it too, but the, the advice she gave me, I, I circle back to all the time and it's this. And she's like, but then you get to start the next chapter of your life. Mm-hmm. Then you get to be more yourself than you ever were before because you've had all this life experience and you get to find out what you want to do, not what your kids need to do. And I was like, oh gosh, I mean, it's daunting, but it's exciting. And I, it, it really is exciting. Uh, Jessica should m- write an ebook for us that totally. I will download and all buy. All right. So this, this next one is going to be interesting as we reflect on our, our lives as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mistakes, this is Nicole. She said, this is a little bit uh, like of a heavier, maybe a heavier topic, I don't know, or tackling heavier mm-hmm. topics head on. Uh, my mistakes were being too strict on manners and behavior that led my kid to being unable to express frustrations in a healthy way. Mm. Also not allowing them to experience the gift of failure. They got used to my pulling them out of all situations. And because I did, they still look to us 30 years old and married to help them out of situations that we feel should be handled by them and their spouse. Oh. Nicole, we have, we have sought counseling about this very thing. Yeah. And we are aware of the difference between a free-range parent, a helicopter parent, and the new one, the snowplow parent, right? Yeah. And we're, we're actively aware and worried about this as well. So you're not alone. Yeah. I think it's very common. Wow. This is a good one. Yeah. Because it, I mean, back, I mean, sports is the only, not the only example, but sports is a really good example of it. Um, our kids we're going through the very natural thing of struggling in their chosen sports. And my instinct was to pull them out, try something new. Let's go do a pottery class. Let's go do aerial yoga. Let's start, you know, get some drums and you're going to, you're a drummer now. So my instinct was to pull them out. And I, I actually worked in, I had a therapy session over this. I want to take some of the heat on this too. Cause I remember, I remember being agreeing with you on this. Yeah. I'm like, this is, we're done. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're done. We're done. It's too, too much, too much. And the, and I worked with uh, Dr. Hope Seidel, who is a parenting coach who um, we've had on this podcast. And she's the one that said, okay, wait a second. What are you trying to solve for them? Let them make that decision. You know, if, if they're uncomfortable what what's what's the harm in them being uncomfortable? Being uncomfortable is not bad. Yeah, failing, losing, is really good for a kid. And so I had to actively because I think in their younger years I we rescued a lot. Yeah, but now we are actively trying to let them safely with some boundaries in school situations, social situations, sport situations. We are trying, not always getting it right though. We're trying to let them suck a little bit on their own. Wow, N- Nicole, I feel like that's very, very enlightened. Stay tuned with how our kids do. Stephanie, I would strive to set down some of the parenting worries. This would definitely be challenging for me since I struggle with anxiety and depression, but a worthy goal. I also want to feel less guilty about things. 
Our son has ADHD and a number of learning disabilities. For years, I feel guilty about not recognizing signs earlier, getting intervention faster, taking too much grandparent advice and criticism to heart. Mm. The truth is he can't help it and it's not my fault. His brain is wired differently, so he approaches the world differently, which is actually a gift. I would hope I could see those unanticipated challenges and gifts more clearly if I had to go through this again. May may I speak directly to Stephanie as a son with ADHD? I think you need to give yourself a little bit of grace on this. First of all, I understand the grandparent advice. I understand all of that. Oh, everybody's got a word. Everybody's I, got advice. I, I really do. Um, I was not diagnosed until college. Mm-hmm. Looking back, it was pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. My parents used the terms that they were taught from their parents probably and called me a space cadet. Mm-hmm. That was what I was called by my parents. It did not turn me into a monster. It did not make me a mean person. It was the, it was the term that they had used for me. I just, I can't tell you how important it is that you've gotten to where you've gotten now you're there, which you said, this is the middle. The truth is he can't help it. It's not my fault. His brain is wired differently. So he approaches the world differently, which is actually a gift. Stephanie, it doesn't matter when you get there, you got there. Yeah. The fact that you didn't get there earlier, you've got to give yourself some grace on that because it is a really hard thing to figure out because our world sucks at destigmatizing and normalizing ADHD. And it is mm-hmm. something that I personally am going to dedicate the next, I don't know, dec- decade of my life to, to I, don't, I don't know how much of an effect I can make on it, but I can't say this loud enough and on enough platforms. You got there and that's what matters. Yeah. And so you uh, like, I want to give you a round of applause for getting there. Way to go, Steph. Yeah. I, um, even as I've, I'm parenting a kid with ADHD and I'm partnered with a, a person who's ADHD and it took me a while to get there. I think I had a lot of judgment of what things should be like. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize that just like, Anybody else with a, a physical disability that you see, you have accommodations that there need to be accommodations, whether it's I need to be more actively involved in giving a list or helping things out. Those are the sort of accommodations that I, for a while, felt like they should know how to do this. And now I know that this is just how brains are wired. And I get very passionate that I'm trying to fit a kid into a world that is not built for him. So yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to get him to sit still in a classroom at, during a long school day. That's, he's never going to have a job where he sits in a cubicle all day. That's right. Right. So I, if, especially in today's world, he'll find something that captures attention, but there are going to be, t- he does, he's such a smart kid. He's so great, but he's, there are so many times where he's struggled because we've put him in a situation that the world is really against him. <laughs> for now. For now. I, I know I keep saying yet and for now. We have the ability to rebuild parts of the world. I, I, the school is going to be the toughest. That's a part of the world. Yeah. And, and I, I, 
God, I love teachers and I yeah. don't want to put more on them because this is not their fault. This is when you're trying, I mean, what, I don't know a different way to teach 25 kids. Like, we, I don't know yeah. how you do, you do it differently. I have, zero, me, yeah. I have zero ideas. Emily asked me this question. Dr. On the, Emily on, King, you were yeah. a guest on her podcast recently. Sorry, she. I called her Emily in the podcast, but yes, she is Dr. Emily King. She is a doctor. She's great. So the last question she asked me was like, what, if you could build a school just for ADHD people, what would it be like? Mm-hmm. I mean, it would give most people hives. I was like, the classes would be 15 minutes long. And, and, and there, you may even be able to go back to them. Like you go to math for 15 minutes and then you go to science for 15 minutes and then you go somewhere else for 15 minutes. And then you can go back to math in 15 minutes. I just don't like doing things for more than 15 minutes. I know it's not the answer, but we were like- More noodle- breaks. Right. We were just noodling on it. Like I hadn't given it any thought before, right. she, before she asked me. Here's what I'm saying. There's magnet schools. There's- Charter schools, there's private schools, there's Catholic schools, there's Montessori schools, there's a bunch of different schools. Why can't there be an, an EFD school? We're not going to call it ADHD because it's a terrible Executive term. functioning delay. I thought that, and I don't know enough about this and shame on me, but I thought the Montessori method was it was the student-led, so the students can kind of hop around and it's more project-based. Mm-hmm. I would, I, you, you know. You think that's closer? I, I, you know, I don't know enough. I'm speaking out of turn here. Mm-hmm. But I, I get the appeal of... You get an assignment, go be curious about it, come back and reflect. And I do know the classrooms are trying to do that. They're trying to do more project-based thing. They're trying to do all this stuff. But, and I know, you know, Stephanie wrote that he also has a number of other learning disabilities. Yeah. But They go so hand in hand They go hand in hand yep. sometimes. But just readjusting what success is for our children. So success for my daughter is a hundred success for my son. He gets the answers right, but he's gonna, and he gets them right real fast, but he's gonna, he's to get him to show his work. Oh, Oh, <laughs> maybe could he explain it to the teacher how he got it? Yeah. You know what I mean? But again, that's putting Not it on that, teachers. That's I mean, putting it on teachers. Exactly, anyway, that's a different podcast. Exactly the that's same way. Podcast. All right. So we, we do need to get to Taylor and Heidi. Um, I have so many others. Yeah, I, I want to end with with uh, with Jenny, who gave us a list. Oh, so we're just going to knock all these out. Okay, thank you, Jenny. Here we go. Jenny said, "You ready?" And by the way, in our in our blog that will accompany this podcast, we're going to include most of these, so yes. you can read it. Yes. Okay. Jenny said, "We have five kiddos, so we did do things differently over time, much to the chagrin of our older kids. <laughs> they were probably so pissed. Yes, but to start all over from first child, and this is what I would change. Number one." I would start my own personal therapy earlier and I'd learn to manage my depression so I could handle going on more outings with everyone. I love that. Number two, I wouldn't stress so much about their grades or being in the best schools. Those kinds of schools are pressure cookers that are just not healthy. Agreed. Number three, I'd kick my kids outside more and I'd join them. That's important, right? Kick them outside, go with them. Number four, I'd teach them to love their bodies for all the amazing things they can do. Number five, I'd get a dog earlier. <laughs> number six, I'd buy stock in Apple. Okay, come on. That's I right. love that. Uh, no, yeah. Same. <laughs> number, number seven, I'd hire a house cleaner when the kids were little and then never stop. Oh, girl. And number eight, I'd stop yelling and storming out when I get mad. Such a good list. And she honestly has, she has a list of things that she's so glad she did do. And we'll include that in the blog post because you guys have to read these such thoughtful messages. And thank you so much for sending them. Now let's get to Taylor and Heidi. 
So we've just heard from a lot of you about things that you would change if you could parent all over again. And that's always, that's always great to hear from you guys. We also wanted to bring in our secret weapon, our good friends, Taylor and Heidi Kalmus. You may know them <laughs> as Doodad. They are our heroes. We have spent some time with them. They're very funny. And more importantly, Taylor has come up with a recent book called Dad and the Recycling Ben Roller Coaster. So I wanted to bring them in and start, first of all, by saying hello. And we love you guys. Hello. Um, hi. Yes. And second of all, tell me uh, how that roller coaster story reframed your parenting. Sure. So, I mean, for me, it's the the story for me is is like it kind of follows my own life. But I think you can a lot of parents can, you know, like apply it to their own parenting as well. But basically how the story goes is this dad is left at home because his wife went shopping. It's not based on a true story. It's definitely based on a true story. Um, so he's left with the three kids all day long. And so he tries to figure out a cool way to entertain them. So he starts building them all this stuff. And every single time he builds something new, they say, nah, not interested. And so he builds something even crazier and even crazier. And every single time they're like, nah, I'm not interested. Until finally he's like, all right, I'm done. I don't, I don't know what you kids want. I don't know how to make you happy. Um, and then they like the, the middle child, like tugs on his pant leg. And it's like, well, dad, you won't fit in the roller coaster. And then the baby, the baby is my favorite because the baby (laughs) can't talk yet. So it's just goobly gop. And then we translate the baby's lines. The baby always like kind of spells everything out for you in the translation. Mm -hmm. So then the baby's translation is, yeah, dad, we just want to hang out with you. Also, I just pooped. Um, <laughs> it seems right. Seems true. Yeah. But anyway, that's kind of like, you know, been something that I've kind of learned as a dad, as like I, you know, have set out to build my kids all these crazy things. But if I'm not, but it sometimes becomes a distraction from actually just spending time with them because I want to make this thing that's extra big and extra crazy. And while I still like want to do that stuff, and I still think it's fun to do that stuff because it, also kind of creates a new experience for them. Sometimes you just need to find an easy way to hang out with them. And, you know, for other parents, it might be, you know, do you really need to go to Disneyland or do you just need to like, you know, put a cardboard box in the wheelbarrow and run them around the yard? You know, like I think the, the Disney trip is actually more for us parents because we have to get out of our own space to be able to make the time and the space for our kids sometimes, you know, where really, you know, it, you, it does, you don't have to go that overboard, especially when they're young. Like they just, they just want time with you. I, uh, I, congratulations on this new book. It looks adorable. <laughs> I would say I'm very proud of you, Taylor, for putting this book together. Heidi, way more proud of you because <laughs> you're putting a, a whole new human into the world at the same time. Kid number four. How is kid number four represented in this book? Are there any secret nods? I mean. Funny story. So children's books take a really long time. (laughs) It takes longer to make a book than a human. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So about one year into the process of writing this book. And like, so by that point, like, my part's all done. It's all written and the illustrator is working on it and they're going back and forth to the editor, right? So we're, we're in that period of time is when we find out that Heidi got herself pregnant again. <laughs> Heidi got, got herself, herself pregnant. pregnant. Yep. 
<laughs> yep. There, well, sometimes I'm sleeping and she just hops on. Um, <laughs> I'm no. sure you guys. If you guys are listening to this and not watching or see Heidi, the the world's largest eye roll. I think her eyes might be stuck <laughs> in the back. I do. It is funny that people do say you went and got yourself pregnant. As yeah. if Has anyone ever stopped to think about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah. Holderness that's, after dark. That's holderness after dark. Yeah. Okay. Holderness <laughs> after dark. So, so it, it was too late to add another kid in because, you know, they wouldn't have any lines. You couldn't have like an even smaller baby, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just, it was too late. So what we did was we called, uh, we hit up the editor who then reached out to, to our uh, illustrator, Ida. And we said, hey, when mom gets home from the store, just put a pregnancy test yes. in the bag. Aww. And if you look close, there's two lines. She already peed on it. Like, uh, she and she's just it, walking around with it. She did it in, it in the, the Target bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. I love she that. Actually, I did go in the Target bathroom when I found out I was having Juno. Really? Wait a minute. So tell what? the whole story, please. Oh, so um, I Theo was like 10 and a half months and I was at work one day and I shared an office with like one of my best friends and I ate like a whole donut and like 10 Hershey kisses. And she was like, what are you doing? I've never seen you do that before. You're pregnant, aren't you? And I was like, I am not pregnant. I have an 11 month old. I haven't even had a period yet. So she was like, well, you can't come back to work until you take a test. And I was like, whatever. But then that night I was like, oh, I should probably take a test. (laughs) So I was at um, getting dinner at like the mall with my friend. And I was like, you know what? I got to run to Target just real fast. Can you hang out with Theo for a minute? (laughs) And so she's at Olive Garden hanging out with my kid. I run to Target in the mall and I buy a test and take it. And I FaceTimed my friend from the stall. And I was like, how did you know? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So yeah, I did that. Well, it's meant to be. It's meant to be. Uh, Again, Taylor just said, we all do. We We all knew. Oh, knew. Okay. I thought you said do. Okay. Gotcha. We are at a very different parenting. We're in a very different position than you guys are. Our daughter is getting her license very soon. I know. And our son is 13 and he just got braces. And to us, a lot of the conversations we have are about designing our empty nest life, our empty nest era. Mm. And for as much as I'm going to cry and curl up in a ball when my kids leave me, I'm also really looking forward to that time in life because yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited for it. We did have a situation recently where we traveled and then because of the time change and hormones and stuff, my period was late and mm. I had a panic that I was pregnant. Oh my and, god, that would have been so good. And- <laughs> that would have been awesome. No, see, oh, I, I, look, I'm happy for you guys. You are you're younger than us. <laughs> you are younger than us uh, by a by a fair amount. I think Taylor. I think I'm ten years older than you. So, but you have like five times the energy uh, <laughs> on camera. Sure. I no, we're getting very very tired, very early, very uh, sleepy, and so for us, it's like. Especially because our oldest is 13. Our youngest is 13. Sorry, our so he's already is, losing his mind. See? Exactly. Just thinking about it. So, I mean, we were thinking we're going to be okay. It's going to be fine. But there's that reset button that you have to hit from when you know that they're all going to be fine and they can leave the nest. And that can, you know, double-edged sword. It can be sad because we're thinking we don't have much more time with our kids. But also you start over. And, and that's... 
It's been 13 years since I wiped butts, man. And well, it's well, probably more like nine years. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, um, so, but I would yeah. say that it it caused us to reflect on our mm-hmm. parenting and what we would do all over again. So you guys are still very fresh, but you have this new one coming, right? So you have a fourth coming. So how do you parent the you know, how do you <laughs> parent the new ones as opposed to the first? Right? Like how how's your parenting changed from start to maybe now finish? We're letting the first ones uh parent the second. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sounds very Duggar of you. Juno, Juno's really good. She likes to get out of dressed. She goes down and gets them breakfast. How old is she? Morning. How old is she now? Five. Uh-huh. But she will like and if so he knows where his little snack drawer is and he'll like open a snack drawer and pull out a pouch. And he only brings them to Juno because he knows that she will open whatever he brings her. Smart. (laughs) And we won't. So, like, she is his person because I I see them. Yeah. yeah, And she is very nurturing to him. But yeah. And so is Theo. Theo Theo can pick on him sometimes, but he also is like loves his little brother. Yeah. He Um, does a lot. Super sweet. And they include him in a lot of stuff. But in terms of how our parenting has been different, I mean, I think we're a lot more lax. I don't know if if we necessarily realize it, but I know we don't sweat this small stuff like we used to because we don't have time to. For example, uh, last week we were 38 weeks pregnant and we only started to get things ready. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm not in the least bit worried about taking care of a new baby i'm worried about like dealing with everything else while doing that yeah it's like the baby is is the easiest one you know because they can't move mm-hmm. right you know and their their needs are just that they're just needs they're not wants it's just like feed them nurture them help them get to sleep burp them yeah. I want to go back to something that you guys just said because like nesting is one of those hor- like hormonal responses that you like don't you just do it and you don't even realize that you've done it like you've lost control over your body and you're just putting things uh up on shelves right right I remember well, that, that was me. Yeah. So so yeah. that just I mean didn't I happen. did do that a couple of weeks ago I was like I got to clean the floor mats in my car <laughs> like, when I, is the baby going to be in a I had a, I had a thousand things to do and I was like nope I can't do anything else right now I have to pull these stupid things out and wash them and that's what I did yeah yeah I guess maybe it's uh, it still wins it still wins out even if you guys are saying we're not going to get ready until then that that hormonal instinct still takes over I, I would also say you know when we were reflecting for that minute and a half I thought maybe we could be hitting the reset button that was my overwhelming feeling was I don't want to get ready. No, no, not, not I got to get ready. I gotcha. No, but just, I did, I wouldn't sweat the small stuff because I think the way we have parent, our kids have turned out great despite us, I always say, but it was definitely, and we only have two kids, but it was definitely, you know, the play groups and the music classes and the soccer practice and like the racing around to places took over our life i think until the pandemic hit and then we were able to kind of reframe everything but you're like oh we don't have to do that anymore we can't be here anyone i know it was great honestly it was the best excuse ever but um (laughs) but i think i was like instantly i was like i'm never going to sign this kid up for any sport that practices on a weekend or plays on a weekend i already did that we do not do weekends yeah yeah and that it's brilliant that that was my big sort of takeaway on all that 
that's you that's your guys's hallmark movie though is uh egg in the empty nest it's about like you guys about to see uh, pen charles off to college and then the positive and, pregnancy and, test yeah you get a, in the yeah, target bathroom yeah, yeah. you and find out like, like at the college like on the tour and you're like you know I, I think that's started all over. I think we're dreaming too small with Hallmark. I think that's like a that's a big budget film, and we call that the reset button. <laughs> the, oh yeah, and you have I to like, be like Father of the Bride Part Two. I know. Yeah. I want Melissa McCarthy to play the role of me, though. Mm. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'd, like, yeah. who would be me? Who would be Steve Martin? Steve, little, that's little I am definitely and Steve Martin's. I think that he and I are basically the same age now. Like I've been, I've been, I've been chasing him my whole life, and now we're there. No, who but would no. be you? Somebody really hot. Um, speaking of, did you see the meme that said about Father of the Bride Part Two? They were forty-five years old in that movie, and they did looked, you know that? No, and they, they made him look like. They looked, you know, I'm like, I'm they not, looked that's 60. not going to be at 45. I'm going to look yeah. like this. Funny story. Not like funny, funny, weird. The only people who watch. You watched the original Father of the Bride, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was obsessed with that movie. So Kimberly Same. Williams, who yep. played the bride, mm-hmm. a, 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 obsessed. She's great. And then Martin Short was in that Frank. movie. He was as, Frank. As, as Frank. Yeah. We, we just went to New York to go see Sweeney Todd because our friend Alex is the musical director. So we went to go see Sweeney Todd. It was amazing. Yeah. But I, being the celebrity cider, saw Martin Short in the audience and yeah. on the opposite side, Kimberly Williams. And oh my I, I wanted to, and they, did, they I didn't know. I don't think know, they knew the other one was there. They didn't know the other one was there. Yeah. And oh so my God. like '90s movie loving heart, and I'm not gonna walk up to them because I don't want to disturb them. But I wanted to say, what would you have said? I'd be like, I'm so sorry, huge fan. But I just wanted you to know that Kimberly Williams <laughs> is over there, and I know you were in a movie with her in the '90s. So like, if you could just like go say hi to her okay, and make, and I wouldn't even take a picture. I wouldn't even take a picture of it. And then my anxiety started to creep up a little bit because I was very anxious that they wouldn't see each other. And then she left out this door and then he went that way. I was like, <laughs> they never, my anxiety was just peaking that they didn't even see each other. Anyway. Oh, so, no. yes. Okay. Sorry. Back to the book. Back to the book. Tell us, tell, where be- tell, tell us where we can find dad and the recycling bin roller coaster, please. Okay. Uh, so it comes out May 16th, very good. but it's early on pre-order at dudedad.com but then after may 16th it should be in like every okay and taylor tell people because we know this but you tell them why is it super important that you pre-order books okay if you (laughs) pre-order this book it's going to ensure that more stores are going to pick it up and that they will stock it better Um, but also if i have any chance of making it on like any of the like the lists of Mm -hmm. like best-selling kids author or something you got to do it but also like this is what i love about the kids book everyone needs at least one more kids book yeah you always because you read the same one over and over and over again and you're like give me a new one that's interesting and fun here it is new one it's interesting and fun mm-hmm. and I, it for us i love it it was really sweet and we i think i feel like we're past the kids book stage but we're definitely still going to order it because it's a adorable and i always feel like we're gifting books so yeah, we get yeah. a couple to gift but tell me because you've written a, a book book and a book for adults not that the, it, but children's book because we've been approached about doing a children's book deceptively hard like mm-hmm. crazy it hard is. to write a yeah. children's book i think that's why it we haven't is. done it yet yeah. 
So they make you like really, they make you spend a lot of time on it and they edit the crap out of it. And they like really tell you to not rhyme because they're like, it's a, it's really difficult to do it well. Cause if you rhyme, but it's not done well, Penn could do it. No, um, I was just it, rhyming with what you just said in my head. Say it. Well, then it's okay, going to be boring as hell. I can, <laughs> I can rhyme, but the tough part is, is it has to be in a way that anybody can pick it up and read it and they don't get jarbled. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if you've yeah. been reading a kid's book and you're like, you can't find the cadence of yeah. it. Well, that's because that it really yeah, it's got to have the same number of syllables for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I did all that, but I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we, it, it goes, it goes through a lot of iter- iterations and then you get the illustrator involved and that whole thing happens. But, uh, but yeah, you like, you have to stress over every single syllable versus, you know, uh, a regular book and you're just you're uh, just trying to get those chapters put together you're actually rewarded for being like our our last Long book <laughs> you know our editor would be like could you spend some more time on this one idea and we're actually asked to expand it and be and talk way more about it so that when we talked about a topic for a children's book trying to get it down to shrink it was actually to me way harder than yeah. writing i got uh but, i got a, i got a good idea for a children's book for you oh god let's hear it go the egg in the empty nest the egg in the empty nest <laughs> hey we're gonna we're gonna we'll cut you in for like a percentage uh, uh we'll put your points yeah. on the back side if this gets made there was an egg in an empty, empty nest room. also there was a pregnancy test <laughs> oh! kim went to get it because she was tired she couldn't leave work or else she'd get fired. So she snuck into oh. Target on her lunch break. It was 9 a.m. She was barely awake. She squatted over and peed in the stall. She looked at the lines and started to bawl. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There it is. Done. Right, right, right Print. Yeah, yeah. Print. Done. Print. You guys are amazing. I am so happy for you and your growing family is this now I, I you did post recently like oh your last ultrasound your last this but Heidi you're you're one of those people you're feeling great you're, you're like you're one of those yeah. people that feels good in pregnancy is this mm-hmm. is this amazing is this a uh, number four the final four is are we done here she's got to do that Aaron Rodgers thing and she's got to go to like a oh a, a darkness a, retreat a darkness yeah. thing and then is she'll that, come out. She'll merge five days later and let us know if she's going to get pregnant again. Okay, tell me. I don't know what I don't know sports things. Aaron Rodgers uh, left the Packers because he spent four days in a darkness retreat and decided he wanted to go to the Jets. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, that was just a quick answer. Okay, I, I give, okay, guys, you're the best. You're um, the best. Thank you for thank you. you for putting a bow on our podcast about how to parent differently or how you would parent differently by continuing to test that by having more kids just having more kids yeah, yeah. and you have really cute yeah. kids so i say keep happy Absolutely. my vote is more yes kids. more kids more cow oh, I, I i think i'm totally done like i said i feel okay right now but a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. not even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.